1: Your inside pass to everything Saints football will take you to the places most fans never go to practice to the sideline to the locker room following every twist
0: I keep the ball. turn Picks and touchdown is frozen over.
1: of the 2022 season
0: it is
2: going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown
1: Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. (laughs) Welcome Inside Black and Gold brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Steve Geller, along with Jeff Nowak here, bringing you the latest on the Saints. Uh, Going to delve into some news and notes as we get ready for week six matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Talk about some of the injuries. We'll also get into some of the Taysom Hill QB power runs, uh, also looking at another running back, if you will, in Mark Ingram, and if he's struggling right now. I I
2: changed my mind. We're not talking about that. All right. and Let's get this right. Okay, so we're going to go through a lot of the Taysom Hill runs and how they worked and why they were so dominant. Despite everyone knowing what's going to happen, they still work. We're going to get into why. And then, I, yeah, I was going to initially break down Mark Ingram, but I don't think he had enough action in this game to really do that. So, you know, I'm going to wait on that for a week and see maybe in a game where Taysom Hill isn't running wild <laughs> uh, how how Mark might be operating. But we're going to skip that this week, and we're going to talk about a lot of the chunk plays, the touchdowns specifically that the Saints surrendered in Week 5 and why, you know, what went wrong on those plays, uh, and how can you kind of prevent it going forward. So we're going to talk about that. And But first, we're going to get into a lot of these injuries that are kind of cropping up. There are a lot of names on the Saints injury report. I'm not mega concerned about a lot of them, but Deontay Hardy's injury seems like it's significant. You know, this has been a, a turf toe has been a common thing for this team. You know, and you, you want to talk about the Superdome turf. Sean Payton hated it because it guys would get injured on it. And you know, you keep getting these toe injuries on that on that field. Although Mike Thomas is fame in Carolina, but right, exactly. you know, Trevor Penning's was here. Actually, Lyndon Young's last year was in Philadelphia. But obviously, Deontay Hardy now. And anytime you hear a toe injury, it's weird because you think, oh, it's just a toe injury. They should be able to play through that, right? They're tough. But you wouldn't even know about it unless it was a significant injury. Like, you wouldn't have any idea. Like, a lot of these guys are probably dealing with toe injuries. They don't end up on the injury report because, they, you know, they can play through it. In these cases, it's significant. And I would be surprised if we see Deontay Hardy avoid the injured reserve list. This kind of where I'm going with that. So you're going to have to figure something out at the return position, I think. Yeah, and we saw
1: Taysom Hill take over some snaps there last game. Uh, another option, I guess, would be uh, Marquez Callaway and uh, a guy that is on the practice squad who maybe we will see called up this week and uh, Rashid Shaheed, a uh, great name, uh, just sounds fast. And I know everyone, especially a lot of the media, I would say, is actually anxious to see some more from him.
2: Yeah, his kid out of Weber State. They committed a lot of money to him on his UDFA deal. And I think that the Saints were really kind of hiding him throughout the offseason. They they had him active on game days for preseason games. He didn't touch the ball. I think the final preseason game, Deontay Hardy actually went in there and fielded a punt. And it was like, why wouldn't that be Rashid Shahid? I think it was because you knew you were going to cut him and you wanted him to stash him on the practice squad. And you didn't want anyone to be looking at him in waivers. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they operate with him coming off the practice squad this week, which I assume he will. And you have a couple options, right? You can sign him to the 53 or you can make him the standard practice squad elevation. Now, as we saw, I was I going to say we don't, want another, we, we don't want to get poached again. Yeah, but it's, it's, I think it's a different situation, right? Because if you do sign him to the 53 and then later in the season, you want to put him back on the practice squad then he will be subjected to waivers. So I think you want to be careful about that. If you are going to sign him to the 53, you better be committed to keeping him on there the whole season, unless you want to potentially lose him uh, in waivers. And the reason I say it's different is because when you're poaching a guy, you don't just say like, got him and take him and he's on your team now. Like he has to agree to go there, right? right. <laughs> like, he has to sign the deal. And that was what happened with the Murray is He had the option of Denver or New Orleans and he saw the opportunity in Denver as too good to pass up, so he went. In this case, I don't think Rashid would pass that up. And when I say that, I mean, if a team came in and tried to poach him, which they might, the Saints would say, well, we'll give you a deal on our 53 and he would probably take that. You'd hope, but you don't know, right? He could could say like, no, I don't like you people. (laughs) It's too hot here. I don't want to be here. But, or it could be um, interesting if it's a team
1: with obviously a better record, you know, somewhere yeah. with better standing. And maybe it's, you know, like you said, that a much better weather and opportunity, obviously, situation for him. But I think that uh, Shahid is going to be an interesting option here just because of that speed element and the fact that I think he's a pretty good wide receiver as well and, and can be used more than just the, re- the the return game. And right now, with the amount of receivers. That are down for this team that could be helpful,
2: obviously. Yeah, I, I don't think so. If I'm being honest, you don't think you're going to use him I in the receiver if, game. Yeah, I think he, if he's getting called up, it is to be a kick returner specifically. Now, that's just me kind of speculating. But my point is that is a scenario that could happen if you bring him up and you know a team where he he would rather be comes and gets him right. But he chose to sign here in. Yeah undrafted free agency. So clearly there is there is some interest in being here. So that's I, all speculation. I think that they will bring him up on the practice squad and he will return kicks and then he will go back to the practice squad. But we'll have to wait and see.
1: I just look at it with the questions with Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, uh Chris Olave, now Deontay Hardy. There's just there seems like a lot of availability also at wide receiver besides the special teams aspect.
2: Yeah. Well and I want to get into one more t- practice squad thing first before we move on to those injuries and that is we've had two Saints players signed off the practice squad I would have bet dollars to donuts that Tony Jones was going to be added to the practice squad but he never got there he ended up getting claimed by the Seahawks the team the Saints just played because they have an you know a vacancy at running back with Rashad Penny going down so good for good for Tony apparently he was a hot commodity because apparently there was a couple other teams that put in claim on him. So, yeah, good for him. Maybe he'll have a chance to to make an impact over there in Seattle where he, he did not here. And it didn't seem like he had much of a path to have one.
1: Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, you know, you mentioned Seattle obviously claiming him and then having a bunch of other teams interested. It's like, what what exactly were they seeing from Tony Jones Jr. besides his inactive status on game days, despite having a guy even like Alvin Kamara not even playing for the Saints?
2: I don't know. But it, Eric Wilson also got signed off the practice squad. I, I think there's just some teams that have a really good reputation for preparing players, and maybe the Saints are one of them because I don't think it's a coincidence these guys keep getting signed. But, yeah, let's let's move on to some of the other injuries, right? So we have Chris Olave, who is in the concussion protocol. I know you talked to DA about this yesterday. What did he have to say? Uh, basically that
1: exactly like you said, he's in the concussion protocol. Talk with him on Monday morning, seemed to be in really good spirits. But you know, it's gonna be a whole process now of having to get, get through these hurdles to get back on the field. And I know our uh, Cajun Cannon Bobby Abair feels that after what we saw happen with Tuatunga Vailoa, that there's no way that Olave gets on the field for this game against the Cincinnati Bengals this week.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a much steeper hurdle. Right. And like you saw, you saw with the Dolphins, Teddy Bridgewater went out on the first play of that game. And he wasn't showing symptoms of a concussion, but he had to stay out right. because of the new protocol. And, you know, that's going to impact games, right? It's, you know, it's hard to complain about it. You don't want guys to get head injuries and you want the the medical stats to take them seriously because, you know, I was watching that live when Tua went down against, was it the Bills? And when his fingers started going wild, I was like, oh man, that is, that is unsettling. And like, that's a sign of a major brain injury. Not- and, like, that's- I- I think it was the Bengals on Thursday night. It seemed fishy when he went down a week earlier against the Bills because that's when the initial injury happened. And he was wobbly. He was woozy. Like, to pretend that he had a back injury? Right. You know, that's just not a good look. And the NFL has a black eye, so they are going to overcorrect. And yes, I think that knowing what you know with how the NFL operates – it's going to be a much, much higher hurdle for him to get back in a week when you, when you kind of see what happened on that play. Because he went down, he was clearly, you know, his the lights went out for at least Absolutely. a couple of seconds.
1: It was definitely a scary scene just to see the non-movement. Luckily, you know, he popped back up and was able to get up on his own power, uh, Chris Olave. But yeah, I, I agree totally. You could totally definitely tell that, He was knocked out for a little bit of time. And going back with the Dolphins, I think Miami ended up firing their team
2: doctor, right? Well, I think it was the independent um, analyst who got fired. Okay. The other guys we should talk about, obviously, Mike Thomas. Adam Schefter reported last week that he's hopeful to get back for this game. So that would be a big addition. Jameis Winston, DA keeps saying he's getting better, he's getting closer, he's getting closer. I don't know how close he is. But, you know, one way or another, getting Mike Thomas back in the game will be an advantage for whether you start Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. And then, obviously, Marshawn Lattimore, who, you know, I've got to rewatch that injury. Okay. And it, we'll see the replay of it when we go through the film because it was one of the touchdowns yeah. that we're going to talk about. And what it looked like to me is, you know, he's trying to get over the top and he gets kind of knocked to the ground where he stumbles and when Tyler Lockett catches the ball and goes in, and goes into the end zone it looked like his knee like caught Marshawn like right in like the oblique area you know like yeah. which makes sense cuz he had an abdominal injury and so hopefully it's just like a bad bruise hopefully you know it's just it's just an impact thing and you know he got kind of shaken up a little bit because that was a hard hit but it's a better scenario than say like he's sprinting downfield and goes down without contact because when that happens you assume oh we, you know we probably tore something you know in this case because there's contact you actually feel a little better about it just because you know there's at least a cause of the injury like it's like when you saw, see somebody running down the field and they go down in a heap holding their knee you're like oh season's over you know there's no question but when they like when they get knocked to the ground and they like they bang knees with somebody you're like well that probably hurt a lot but they'll hopefully be back. So well, that's kind of where I'm going with this with Marshawn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are
0: waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy happy price go to your happy price
1: price line yeah and I guess you know take it for what it is but obviously Dennis Allen said that Marshawn was quote-unquote going to be okay and it's like yeah well I would hope he's gonna be okay but I'm thinking he was meaning that at least I'm speculating here he was meaning that it was uh
2: at least him avoiding any kind of stint on the injured reserve list yeah well I think when you say he's gonna be okay it means like he's not done for the year right Because that's the kind of the first thing you have to answer when you have an injury is like, okay, is this season ending or is this something he's going to come back from? And then from there, you say, okay, how long will it take before he comes back? So you know that's the question, right? Will he play this week? Is the next question, and we'll find out more on Wednesday, um, obviously when the injury report comes out. But yeah, so those are the those are the big names, and Uh, another one, Landry,
1: because we expected him kind of back in the flow, and he seemed really close. and then they held him out again this week. So maybe week six, that ankle injury will allow him to get back on the field. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, I forgot the wide receiving desperately needs it, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought they played pretty well yesterday for a team that was, I'm sorry, Sunday, for a team that was that significantly undermanned. Um, you know, Traquan obviously dropped a couple passes. Keith Kirkwood got in the action. And and Andy Dalton have a clear connection, you know, um, Alvin Kamara got work in the receiving game. So that's, that's what you want to see. Taysom Hill hasn't caught a pass. <laughs> Actually, I think he has one catch this season. You know, Adam Troutman got in the action. So hey, like, touchdown for Troutman. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that for what you had out there, the passing game was was reasonable. Um but yeah, and so let's we can <laughs> let's end this segment by kind of looking ahead to uh is Sean Payton gonna be the next head coach in Carolina? <laughs> Dum dum dum. I don't I think so.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so either. But it definitely he's a name that pops up immediately because, I, I and I, you know what I don't even know if Saints fans would mind that at this point because they are just looking for any kind of draft pick compensation in return for Sean Payton. Uh, but another, you know, a little bit off the beaten track, that game last night watching the Raiders, I'm like I'm I'm even wondering how long McDaniel's is going to last over there with some of the play calling and his end of game decisions, because for me yeah. going for that two point conversion, instead of the, the sure field goal for the tie, come on. I mean, I, I, know, I see, I'm, I'm okay with
2: that, but yeah, they end up losing now by one point. They would have lost either way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they were at home, I would agree with you on the road. I think you go for it there. And the, and that's, so one of the things that I tweeted this, like, I actually kind of find it annoying that a majority of NFL coaches has just accepted analytics making their decisions for them. Cause I kind of miss like the era of like coaches like trusting their gut and like basing their decisions on like what color Gatorade they had that day. And like we don't get that anymore. And so press conferences are a lot more boring because you'll ask like Brian Kelly the other day went for it on fourth down and everyone was freaking out. And it was like he's going to go up to that press conference and he's going to say, well, the analytics said go. So we went. And it's like, okay, if that's how you're basing your decisions, it's hard to fault them because at least you have a method. If if you're just going against the analytics suddenly, like you either have to go all in or all out with the analytics. You can't just trust them sometimes. Otherwise, they don't make sense because the analysis is based on okay, what's the higher percentage play? Right. So if you only do it 10% of the time, then there's a chance you get the the negative result of the percentages which the whole point is eventually they will fall in your favor (laughs) so either you have to trust them completely or ignore them completely um and so that's why i'm not uh, as long as josh keeps that energy all season i don't have an issue with it to me it was a big mistake but i i I guess everyone's i mean you, you get if you're tied 30 30 against pat mahomes in kansas city you think you have a better chance to win at least you, it does. The game doesn't end
1: for no, you, but even see, even but their I last their last possession because, even was pathetic.
2: See, I disagree with that because it's tied, right? And so that just means that they're not going to go you're in a shell. The Im- inevitable. Well, I mean, Oakland. I'm sorry, Las Vegas got the ball back. Right? They should have gotten into field goal range if if Devonte Adams keeps his feet down. He had so much space. There is no excuse for him not catching that ball with his feet down. He was trying to get too cute. And make sure he got out of bounds. It's like no, you, you. It's third down. You got to get your feet down, fall. I don't care. Like, like you got to drag your feet. You can't just tap them because that's why he didn't catch it. Like he caught the ball, but by the time he got the ball in his hands, he had he lifted his foot. It's like he made some great plays in that game. That touchdown uh, to tie it up was one of the greatest throws and catches I've seen this year. But you know he's a star player. That's not a star play that he made in that moment. And so like, and then afterwards, shoving the cameraman—definitely not a good look. Yeah, that wasn't a good look at all. The guy sued him. I guess I see that. Right, <laughs> it didn't take long. Uh, which I, you know, tip, if I'm being honest, I probably would have done the same thing because you know Devonte is just going to be like, fine, what? How much? Right. You know. <laughs> know. But back to Sean Payton with Carolina, though. The one only reason I would—we well, should, do- should point out, okay, the reason we're talking about Carolina is the Panthers <laughs> fired Matt Rule yesterday. Right. And I'm pretty sure that beating the Saints bought him (laughs) three extra weeks.
1: Absolutely.
2: He probably would have been fired after week two if they had lost to the Saints.
1: What's sad is it's like, what's Matt Rule's record against the Saints? Is it two and three or three and two? One of those.
2: They won in week two of last year and they won in week three of this year and they lost in week 16 of last year. So, you know, I think, and I think they got swept the year before that. So it would be two two and three. Yeah.
1: Still, I'm sure that's better than any other team in the NFL, sadly.
2: Yeah, but they've also lost 11 of the last 12 games. <laughs> <laughs> so great. You beat the Saints. Right. You right. lost to everybody else. Sorry, but Matt. Not going to get the job done. The one reason I would not discount Sean Payton to
1: Carolina, though, is because the owner, Dave Tepper, is known to spend the big bucks. And if Sean wants that $20 million contract, I could see Carolina doling out that money for him. Now about the draft picks and compensation, I don't I don't know. And I don't know if the Saints would really go for that either.
2: Yeah, and I also think like Sean has a say in this. Yeah, right? oh, absolutely. Like the Saints can say, we want to trade you there. And the Panthers can say, we want to trade for you. Sure. But all Sean has to say is, nah, I guess I'll just stay in broadcasting. Because he has every right to do that, right? And it's not a matter of. Oh, well, eventually he'll have to do something. Eventually, the Panthers will hire a coach. And so then he can be like, Well, I'm coming back now. Who do you want to trade me to? Right. So, like, he has the ability to not decide where he goes, but to guide that decision making process. Right. Right. And it's just a question of I don't think the Panthers have enough. If I'm Sean Payton, I'm looking at them like, I don't want to go to a bad situation. Like, if I'm coming back, I'm coming back to like the Chargers, maybe the Cowboys, you know, teams with weapons. And I don't consider the Panthers to be that. Um, Plus, I, I can't envision either giving all that compensation to a team that he knows he's got to see twice a season, too. Yeah. and load, Helping load up the Saints. Well, right. And you won't have a quarterback and you won't have any draft picks to go get one. Exactly. He did joke to to uh, Colin Cowherd that if the $10 million a season is too much for Taysom Hill, a uh, segue alert, that uh, he'll be glad to take him off uh, Mickey Loomis' hands. He said he texted Mickey that. Uh, after the game on Sunday. And so uh, maybe that's that's what's going to happen. Maybe Sean Payton gets traded to the Panthers and starts Taysom Hill as his quarterback. And Baker Mayfield gets sent to New Orleans. (laughs) Baker Mayfield gets sent back to the Heisman house where he belongs. Oh, where man. where for some reason Jameis Winston and Mark Ingram just haven't been invited <laughs> Winston isn't in that commercial? Uh, he's not in the new ones I don't okay. know if he's ever been in one I haven't really paid that close attention but I know he and Mark Ingram are not in any of like the like Devontae Smith and Bryce Young you know yeah, those guys I, I wasn't
1: sure but I thought Winston was in but definitely yeah Mark Ingram not, not invited into the Heisman house for. Yeah, I don't know reason. what
2: they did I don't know what they did to get kicked out all they want to do is hang on with Tim Tebow and, and Barry Sanders is he one of them? Yes but yeah for whatever reason, uh, you know, none of the Alabama guys seem to seem to get invited either. Either like, other than Bryce Young, which there was a funny one where it was like, Bryce was like, "I got a game today." He was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh yeah, you're still in college at <laughs> the um, But yeah, we're kind of off the rails here. But yeah, so Sean Payton in Carolina with Taysom Mills as quarterback, and we're gonna get into some of the film that probably had Sean Payton sitting down on his couch drinking a beer, saying, "That guy uh, stick you. around." for that. This is Inside Black and Gold brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Next up, film dive o'clock. Stick around.